Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Bruce Millington uh, joined us, a man much in demand. Not necessarily as Bruce Millington, as we discovered. But he did talk football and racing. Interesting stuff with Bruce. Uh, we also crossed to Australia to speak to a member of the Luton Town Curry Club, expat Luton fans who get together on a weekly basis to have a curry and talk about their beloved hatters. He was fresh from uh, the stadium in Sydney where uh, the um, Lionesses beat the Matildas. So uh, you'll hear from him. We had a chat. We did. We saw the return of Paddy's Challenge, the Scorch Earth. Uh, a, a career <laughs> disaster of Ben Fletcher's. <laughs> and uh, we brought you that. And so, <laughs> yeah, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. And I think it's fair to say uh, we were all a touch distracted for oh, the last yeah. couple of hours Tremendous, building up to the well, show. Really Watching it. the game, it was a fantastic performance by England. Mm. Uh, one nil up, they kind of went back in um, themselves. They went into their shell and they paid the price for that equaliser, which was Ooh, a great Sam goal Kerr, from right. Sam Kerr. She missed two. Uh, very un-Kerr-like. She would normally have buried those chances. Yeah. Maybe because she's been out. But after that, England did brilliantly well. Yeah. So it's very exciting. A fantastic performance. Mm. And uh, they're through to the World Cup on It's going to make Sunday. Sunday very interesting, isn't it? Like a, a big football Expect day. Expect a big glut of uh, Spain shirts to be sold up in Scotland yes. over the next few days. <laughs> yes, I do too. I'm sure JD Sports in Glasgow <laughs> have just... Yeah, no, 5,000. No, you heard me right. 5,000 Spain shirts. Um, shades of 66. I think we have to get Ali Ross on before the final <laughs> from the Tartan Army to get an official Tartan Army take on uh, England in a World Cup final. So, yeah, yeah. It, it was brilliant. We'll have more of that in, in a minute. We but, will. We uh, could be crossing there at any moment. So it's a bit of a movable feast because Courtney Sweetman-Kirk uh, will be catching up with Serena Wiegmann and uh, some of the players as they uh, as they mm. come back down to earth over the next couple of hours and yeah, start to concentrate good. on the final. 
I'm also excited about a very good idea I've come up with. I've, oh, yeah. I've spoken to the Premier League. They're really interested in this, actually. It's a new rule. Mm. That if you get a phone call from Howard Webb apologising after the match, you get one point if it's cost you that, or the two points you lost, you get it back. Oh, that's good. It's great, isn't it? The Howard <laughs> Webb ruling. Howard, if you get an apology from him, that's it. Then it automatically means you should yeah. get the points. So Howard Webb's on the phone and uh, he says, so what you're saying, Howard, is that you're sorry. Well, I, I, I've not actually used that word. I'm apologetic. Well, you didn't say sorry. I need you to say that. We need the points. It's ridiculous. It's a nice idea. Oh, yeah, the strange. Howard Webb sorry rule. Put that to Mark Halsey later on. Well, I will do. I was, imagine, I was thinking the other night, imagine being one of the only three people in the entire universe, apart from Eric Ten Hag, who didn't think that was a penalty. And Andre Anana, of course. Oh, yeah. Who, like an old wrestler, when asked, went, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> He didn't think it. He said it was a coming together of two big men. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. Did you see the uh, Saudi Arabian journalist, Ibrahim hmm. El Farian, uh, who presented uh, Fabinho with yeah. a Rolex, which he pr yeah. then proceeded to drop? I was thinking, what a great idea. I can't imagine Neil Custis <laughs> presenting Jaden Sancho with a Rolex. <laughs> it's good. Apparently, this fella is known for it. He's, I know. he's quite generous. And he said, look, it was on, he said it was only a two grand watch. Well, fair enough. Really. Yeah, so he felt... Oh, yeah. One for the uh, old jazz lookalikes. <laughs> he, he was the spitting image of Joe Zawinul, the former weather report founder. <laughs> well, that's yeah. very Cannonball Adley Sideman. <laughs> that's not going to yeah. be an Ali Ross's column, yeah. is that one? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks favor. to Paul Hawksby for... <laughs> man that gives away watches and Joe Zawinul, yeah. The late uh, Joe Zawinul. Ahead of the game this, yeah. uh, that we saw this morning, uh, there was some good stuff... Danny Kelly will like that. He's the only other one. So I keep going. He will like it. I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it said in the Sun today, today at 11 a.m. Let's roar on our majestic lionesses as they battle the Aussie footballing Matildas for a historic World Cup final spot down under. At work, we're sure your boss won't mind. Our boss? Well, he's Australian. Yeah, he's absolutely <laughs> gutted. He's going to make everybody do overtime for no money. I saw him yesterday. He had that, do you know he has that look here? We've got an Aussie boss here. Yeah, yeah. And he, I saw him in the lift and around the ashes, he mm. has that kind of, he has a, he said, looking forward to tomorrow, he has a smile on his face and says, I think we're going to win. So and he had that in the lift yesterday yeah, looking forward to the game and the grin so it's great, uh, isn't it? and often he, he he finds a way to wander past the studio when we're on and just sort of uh, just sort of stand there and look through the glass when they've had a win but he speeds past when they've lost that's true oh man. he's fantastic he's like honestly he's like Alessia Russo going for the ball <laughs> anyway this is a good letter from yeah. the Sun uh, today from Stephen Webb in Rochester oh yeah he wrote it's a shame about Harry Kane leaving Tottenham Hotspur for big money at Bayern Munich just weeks from his wife giving birth you think oh well, they don't have maternity hospitals in Germany <laughs> I've just seen uh, H they're on the TV. He's giving an interview, I think, to, to Sky yeah. in Germany, I guess. And I was wondering whether he's doing it in German yet. To complicate it even more, they said the only word he's learned at the moment is, uh, I think it's a, it's a kind of slang, hello and goodbye. Oh, yes, but, it's but that word. In isn't Bavarian. It? No, this is in Bavarian. Oh, right. So to make it even tougher, he's not just expected to learn German, which is a bit of a you know chore in itself. Mm. Who knows? He may be already having. He says he's going to have lessons. Once or twice a week. I think it's he probably need needs them that. every day, ideally, yeah. if you're going to embrace it. Um, but uh, he's got to learn the Bavarian dialect, which is, that's going to be a bit difficult, isn't it? Is, isn't it? Although really? they're quite a cosmopolitan team. I don't know if half the team know the Bavarian. And how much does it differ? <laughs> if you speak German and have lived in Bavaria, do let us know. Is it a whole new language? I've no idea. Uh, a couple of things to get you going on. Mm. Um, things you wouldn't expect. I, mean, you know, I didn't expect to see you here. You wouldn't have expected to see Sandro Tonali 
in the local spoons in Newcastle. No. It's a lovely... Uh, I don't know if you've seen the pictures today. He was in... Uh, the local uh, weather spoons was uh, the new... Uh, signing from Italy for Newcastle United. That somebody thinks it's, it got, it's got a bit of Callum Wilson about it. They've said he said, "Where shall I go to eat? Nice restaurants yeah. uh, where I can go and get a drink." He said, "There's this really nice place in town, <laughs> Weather Spoons. It's, just look out for that Weather. Go in there." And uh, but yeah. I just like Tonali going up to the bar. He got a Michelin star. Honestly. Yeah, well, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I just like him going up to the bar. He said, "Okay, let me get this straight." So it's a chicken katsu curry. And a pint of uh, Moretti for under twelve pounds. <laughs> he just—he won't believe the value, will yeah, he? I'm not sure he's worried about value. Yeah, well, I don't know. You've always got to keep an eye on the oh, pennies, yes, haven't yes, you? That's true. But really. that, I'd say uh, if you sent us in this afternoon on the back of the question, I didn't expect to see them in there. Uh, if you said about Sandro Tonali in the local spoons, I would definitely read that out. So that—that mm. that be your marker. Uh, it's the sightings of the stars in the unlikeliest of places. So uh, do let us know. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. Text to eight ten eighty nine or tweet to T S H and J. Also, I just want to read you this. Is a, a, on a similar note. Mm. Things you wouldn't expect people to do at a sporting event. You know, sometimes oh, yeah. this comes from Martin Shaw, the fine actor, of course, from uh, professionals. Not the plumber. No, not the plumber. Well, that's quite a common name, isn't For it? A plumber. Not like Neymar, <laughs> is it? Uh, and Inspector George <laughs> Gently. He went a bit lovey. I mean, mm. I think he's right. He talked about the way that the, the scourge of people with smartphones. At theatres, he wants mm. some kind of block in there so people can't receive calls when a play's on. But then he got a bit lovey, and I, this is not how Martin speaks. But he went, "I've seen it all." <laughs> Fellow cast members and I used to say to each other after a performance, "God, did you hear that person laugh in the wrong place?" Oh, then it dear. morphed into strategic <laughs> coughing, and that's still a problem. People coming out with a guttural, shouty cough. At an inopportune moment. Well, they can't help that, can they? No, he <laughs> says. The thing is, he says, an audience is like a single organism. He says <laughs> that forms an intrinsic part of the drama. So when a mobile phone goes off, there's a block of around twenty people who are, are excised from the experience. He says <laughs> it's marvelous. That will spread like a virus. <laughs> uh, you're a bit Ray Purchase, and you get the indignation and upset of everyone around. Some idiot, some philistine who hasn't got the social responsibility to turn off their phone. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. just struck me if England win this World Cup and uh, Lauren James doesn't get on the pitch he could be very much be the Jimmy Greaves of this World Cup <laughs> and I'd just like to think that in five years she'll be doing TV reviews on Good Morning Britain and in ten years she'll be doing a, a, a comedy football show with Scotland's Erin Cuthbert great wouldn't oh, you crack me up Jamesy be great wouldn't it yeah well yeah, I'd rather she gets on no I think she's very young even whatever happens she's got plenty of career left yeah now what was it like in the stadium I think we were just hmm. about to find out we actually uh, wanted to speak to our next guest in his role as a Luton Town fan all, mm. all that, uh, all that way away over in Australia. He is part of the Luton Town Curry Club. Uh, Gary Mason joins us now from Sydney. Hi, Gary. Hi, how are you? Good, yeah, good. thank you. Let's start. You say you, you've been to the match tonight. Yeah, I just, um, I just watched the game, and uh, probably fifteen percent of the uh, the crowd were English. <laughs> so it was a um, very vocal Australian crowd, which you probably heard on the on the telecast you were watching, but. Mm. Um, when I came out of the ground, I left a little early and there is one line from Homebush Stadium, the Olympic Park, into the city where I live. And uh, the line was down, so I had to 
get out of the uh, station and get a taxi back. So it was. I thought it was a bit touch and go whether I was going to make it or not. But oh, we're pleased good to be you have. We're pleased yeah. you have. What was it? It must have been fantastic. It was. A, it was a, especially a cracking second half, wasn't it? It was real end to end. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, it was. It was very good. It looked pretty even first half, and then England came out a bit stronger early in the second half, and then uh, Australia had a bit of a flurry, and then obviously England. Um, you know, really put the pedal to the metal in the latter half of the, the game. So it was good. Do you think the yeah, Ashes, it was really enjoyable. Do you think the Ashes rivalry sort of ramped up the atmosphere? It felt like it did. Yeah, it was it certainly did. And, uh, you know, it's always a big game in Australia. It's probably, the, I don't know if it's quite the same in England because we have lots of different rivalries. But certainly for the Australians, I think that any time we play the Poms, it's... Um, you know, it's it's considered a big game no matter what it is. So it's uh, and I, I've been here for thirty five years. So my my allegiances are kind of a little um, tested at times. But you know, I've got I had my England jersey on for the game tonight. So uh, is it yeah. a is it a vintage one? Is it one from not from when you left? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I left in nineteen eighty nine, so it's a long time ago. But uh, no, it was a uh, it was actually one that I had. Um, the, uh, yeah, some time ago, but not not nineteen eighty nine. Now, so, uh, your yeah. your club is Luton Town, and we were alerted. Martin Nipton from the Sun alerted us to the fact that uh, you get together. You are the Luton Town Curry Club of Sydney. So uh, I take it a exactly, yeah. bunch of Luton fans who get together over a curry and watch the team yeah. in action. Now they're back in the Premier League, of course. Yeah, well, um, interestingly, we we started the Luton Town Curry Club. Three of us. Uh, about 10 years ago and um, all three of us didn't know that each other were living in Sydney and we bumped into each other and uh, and we actually played schoolboy football together and uh, anyway we decided that we would start the Luton Town Curry Club and we invited a guy from Portsmouth and I said would you like to be our first outside member of the Luton Town Curry Club he said yeah I'd love to uh, he owned a pub, which helped. So he came along and, and there were four of us. He said, when you invited me, I wasn't expecting to be 25% of the attendees. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I said, get used to that. It's a bit like that following Luton. Um, I remember coming back to watch him in the conference and uh, my wife came back with me and we drove up to Telford in North Wales. And uh, there was quite a bit of rain. And she said, when we approached the ground, oh, there's hardly anybody here. Do you think they might have called it off because of the weather? And I said, no, I wouldn't let the fact that there's hardly anybody here. Uh, that's not necessarily an indication that the game might be called off. As they've gone through the leagues, uh, Gary, have you still been able to catch the games? You've still been able to find a way to watch the matches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a number of different ways. And uh, in fact, the, the Curry Club now has about 20 members and uh, and I think probably seven of us flew back in May to watch Luton play at Wembley. I was lucky enough. I got a good mate Neil Kane who's involved at Luton, and uh, he he organised a corporate box with one of the other sponsors down there, another fellow called Brian Aitken. And um, so they hosted me when I went back. And uh, yeah, it was just it was it was great. And we do get to watch quite. A, obviously, it'll be a lot easier to watch the games now. Mm. Well, I say easier. It's no less painful. I mean, four one on the weekend was a bit. Tough to uh, to take, but anyway, yeah. I might we might have to get used to that. Could be a long season. Yeah, it's going to be a bit tricky because they, they they can't play home games for a bit, can they? A few so, weeks, no. Yeah, so that's going to make it quite yeah. hard for them. Give them a bit of a disadvantage. It would be hard anyway, but it doesn't help. I don't think. 
No, I mean, it will be a tough season. But, you know, there will be some sides, I think, that will will not want to come and play at Kenilworth Road because it's, you know, it's it's not a massive stadium, but it's quite intimidating because you're quite, um, you know, you're literally only a couple of metres away from the, the terraces and things, which a lot of those players probably wouldn't be used to. Mm. Um, so, so uh, I don't know if you're a curry club in name only or you always insist on having a curry. And if so, you'll be open for a lot of 12.30 kickoffs because mm. if it's a 5.30 yeah. evening kickoff, you'll yeah. be eating a curry at about 2, 3 in the morning, <laughs> mate. Look, we, we do insist on having a curry and we go to a different curry house every every month. Uh, we don't, to be honest, we always have it on the last Thursday of every month. So we don't traditionally necessarily watch the game after the curry. But... Um, but um, yeah, so we are the Luton Town Curry Club, and we, as the years have progressed, we now, amongst our number, we have probably forty people on the database, and we probably have twenty that turn up every every month, and probably ten or twelve of those are from Luton, and the other guys are, are mostly from the UK and all football fans, but they come from from different play, you know, they're from Aberdeen and QPR fans and Fulham fans and. And we have a, a wide variety of ages. Some of the guys are like seventy-five. We we used to have this. Um, we used to have this thing that when when you first attended, you used to have to eat the hottest curry that they could provide, and you also had to tell a joke. And one of the members, Len, who was seventy-five, was took the spoonful of the hottest curry they could provide and spat his false teeth out. Oh dear. It was. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, that sounds terrible. We we actually had one of the directors from Luton Town Football Club at the last curry club we had. Oh, nice. One. He's. Uh, He's doing a bit of work out here, so he comes out every now and then. And uh, we didn't actually realise, and he was too too modest to mention it. So he was there for half the night before we actually realised who he was. <laughs> and you'll take you'll take seventeenth now, I'm sure. Uh, just uh, get staying up and consolidating this season would be would be great. Oh, it'd be marvellous. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, uh, the money that we picked up will help build the new stadium. Um, you know, we've spent a little bit of money, but not a lot. And, uh, I mean, really, it'd just be a result if we can stay up. Yeah. Well, look, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's good to talk yeah. to you. Um, and um, enjoy the rest of the season. And what you're going to try and get a ticket for the final at the weekend? Yeah, I might. I haven't – I didn't really think that far ahead. But mm. I, I think I'll be coming back to England uh, to watch a few of the Premier League games. So, um, you know, I look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, try and get some of the bigger games and and for you or any of your listeners if you find yourself in Australia and uh, you fancy a curry you're more than welcome to join us what about that okay hey, you're in Sydney offer. of course that's right uh, we, in our, Sydney, yeah. our mates came over from Melbourne the first time they ever came over <clears> they were uh, they really wanted a curry because they were struggling to get good ones in Australia yeah, but that'd be different, they were yeah. only over the other yeah. week and they were saying oh no we got loads of great places yeah, it's, sure. it's changed well, isn't it yeah it has it's um the food over here has certainly changed. I think, you know, when I first arrived, it was kind of um, very much the sort of Australia of the 70s where you got a sausage roll and a pie. Mm. Uh, but obviously we have a, you know, we've got a lot of immigration here. So we've we've got people from all around the world and some of the food is, you know, top, draw, top notch. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Cheers, yeah, Gary. So. All the best. And okay. thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you very much, guys. Take Thank care. you. Gary Mason there from the Luton Town Curry Club. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're talking uh, refereeing and uh, Andy's got this new system. If you get a phone call of apology from uh, the head of the referees, Howard Webb, you get your points back. Yeah, you get the points. Automatic. If it's one point you've lost, you get that. If it's two points, you get that. And the other team gets them taken away. <laughs> it's perfect. It's it. 
That's the way to get rid of mistakes. Then the you mistakes don't matter. Howard just stop calling managers. That's the problem. Well, he did have to. He did have to have a chat with Gary O'Neill, as did uh, John yeah, Moss. John Moss there. told him he couldn't believe the decision. Oh, how helpful! Yeah. You know, the point of the matter is, why are they at the corporate trough when they should be at Stockley Park? That's where they should be. That's yeah. where Howard Webb should be. He should be standing there over them, saying, "Look." That's a penalty, mate. What are you doing? Not a thing old. Oh, I can have another prawn sandwich. I yeah. mean, it's pathetic, <laughs> well, really. Have another prawn sandwich. Anyway, we'll be chatting to uh, Mark Housley a little bit uh, later on in the hour. And um, but we did ask you with uh, Sandro Tonali, the new sensational uh, Newcastle signing in mm. midfield, popping up in uh, the local Weatherspoons in Newcastle. Uh, the, place, the places you really didn't expect to see the stars. Uh, this is uh, one of the listeners. Says, I once worked in my local Vauxhall garage back in the day. In came Celtic legend Paul McStay looking to buy a brake light bulb for his Vauxhall Frontera. Perfect. I mean, nowadays <laughs> they'd, have the, they'd have somebody to do that for him, wouldn't mm. they? They're club yeah. liaison. Being an absolute hero of mine, I couldn't charge him for the bulb and also fitted it free of charge. He then handed me a fiver. Can you imagine a modern-day icon doing that today, buying their own car parts? Well, they probably do. I don't know if they're that rarefied, but uh, they've probably given you about two grand now if they've just come back from Saudi. Um, I mean, un- unlikely sightings of the stars. This is probably pushing it a bit, Chelsea, Tim. I saw TV's Dom Littlewood in Westcliff on Sea Aldi. I kind of expect to see... He was probably going through there saying... That's overpriced. Yeah, yeah sure he wasn't fake. It was that fake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fake Waitrose. Um, saw Harrison, I thought we said Harrison Ford, Harrison Reed in Durrington Tesco's wearing the pink Fulham training top. Obviously incognito, mm. Gary. Not want to be noticed in a pink Fulham training top. Samuel L. Jackson in a dive pub in Halifax. Uh, not sport, I know, but pretty odd all the same, says Chris, the Chelsea fan from... Halifax. Well, I mean, he was over in Liverpool making a fil- film a few years back. Yeah, so perhaps uh, he popped over to Halifax. Maybe he did. Uh, just the obvious, but yeah, the commute, isn't it, really? Um, um, so like keep those one. coming. Hmm. Uh, a blue plaque hmm. has been installed to honour a man who was famous for swearing at seagulls. Okay. I think I should get one of those every time Chelsea are fleeced by Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> fleeced? Well... That's yeah. their own fault for being fleeced by Brighton. You know, it's ridiculous. But yes. yeah, I seem to be in a minority of one Chelsea fans who think it's daft, but there we go. Yeah, you've been uh, getting a bit of pushback, haven't you? By well, you know, what? they all think it's so funny. You know, they think it's so funny that they've got these two players that Liverpool wanted, which is fine, you know, mm. if, if they both get used. and fi- I'll be fine with it all. Uh, September the 1st, Pochettino's got a manageable squad that they haven't lumbered in with the 32 players and some of them are getting changed in the car park, you know, like it was last season. You know, otherwise they will be wasting their time. <laughs> anyway. in the car well, park. Well, that's what, you know, basically, that's basically what happened, wasn't it? Um, a chat GPT uh, AI thing has basically mm. picked an all-time uh, Premier League eleven and left out Erling Haaland and Harry Kane. Okay. And it just proves that it's even more pointless than when humans do it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what's their what's their top eleven? Well, it, oh, I didn't say the top. It didn't actually list it, but it says. Oh, that's a bit pointless. I know. They says there are many players who could have been considered among the best. The AI. So it sounds like AI Walton sitting on the fence. Let's cross. He's not doing it anymore, no, is he? I, I don't know, think. Let's cross. <laughs> let's get uh, AI Walton can join us now. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't really give an opinion not one really, way or no, the other. Not. So that for me, it's definitely a penalty. He's not giving it. He's not giving it AI. 
And oh, okay. the great Paralympic swimmer Ellie Simmons has flown to Indonesia hmm. to see the damage climate control has done to the environment. You think, hello? Yeah. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's something kind of wrong with that. You could, I think she could have looked out of her window, really. <laughs> Most of us could, I would imagine. I know. Yeah. Honestly. It's the flying, isn't it? It's not great, is it? Oh, no, the flying. I yes, see, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see your point And uh, Margot Robbie has apparently netted $50 million from Barbie. I mean, yeah. It's a very good film. I enjoyed it. Did you? But I, I, I'm just waiting for people to write, what about the nurses? They won't, though, will they? No one will write in and say, how dare Margot Robbie be paid this sort of money? What about the nurses? Yeah, who... in the way that maybe a Premier League footballer oh, well, might Oh, they always be. do it about footballers, but no yeah. one will do it about her. Okay. Well, why don't you send that in? I will, I think I'm going to. You said I love the film. I'm not necessarily the target audience for Barbie. Did you wear something pink when you went? Uh, no, but okay. I very much enjoyed it. And the Beckhams were involved. Well, what was, I mean, I, I'm not, I've, I haven't seen it. I'll wait for it to come on the TV. I'll no, no, it's small. Oh, no, you want to see it on a big screen. Oh, well, you were into it. I liked Surround it. Surround yeah. sound, was it? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. yeah. Why do you need to see it on a big screen? Because it's a visually spectacular feast for the eyes. Oh, I, I'll put that on the poster. <laughs> What about that? Andy Jacobs, five stars. I enjoyed the film. It was good. Uh, David and Victoria Beckham. Oh, yeah, I bet they liked it. <laughs> we're having dinner in a posh restaurant mm. when a scuffle broke out. Yes. Allegedly over footy star Lionel Messi. This is a bloke that was trying to take a photo. Mm. They were uh, Lionel Messi and his wife, Antonella, were also at the Gecko Steakhouse. Wow. Well, I've never had a Gecko Steakhouse. Nice. It's quite tough, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they probably are. Have it nice. me, definitely have it medium rare. If you have it well done, <laughs> we put Blakey's in it. It's not ideal, yeah. really. And your new centre half, Mickey Van Der Ven. Mickey Van Der Ven. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. quite impressed with that. She's got a lot of pace. He about certainly him. is quick. He's looking forward to the season because of the way uh, Postecoglou plays. He says, "Offensive football is what I like, and when we play, if we play a lot of offensive football and we train, we train, we train." I get the idea. You're going to be training. Yeah, you're going to be training. <laughs> it was yeah. a strange quote. I mean, Conte's gone because it would have been we train, we train, we train, we train, we train. <laughs> yeah. Yet we still lose, <laughs> and we're really boring to watch. Yeah. So well done. Uh, uh, that's about giving him the Italy job. Yeah. They should be marching on. The well, Italian well, FA great, were lit torches, Italian great, football fans. Great idea, oh, it? man. And looking at United the other night, I mean, they looked pretty... I thought they were poor, and, uh, you know, they got Tottenham on Saturday. That would be a tough game. They're difficult to beat United. That is the thing. That's yeah. why they managed I mean, to they get what they got last season. I mean, they can't play that badly again. They can't, that can midfield. they? Really? midfield. They're going to get the grips with that this week. It's going to be going to be a whole lot tougher. And they've got mm. a lot of pace, and Tottenham are still working with this high line. No, so they're, they're good on the break, yeah, so you know, it, we'll it, see what happens. But, yeah, but yeah. I, I, I did enjoy watching my team for the first time in a while, which was uh, great. And although, you know, I, I, I kind of applaud uh, Conte and every manager mm. we've had, Maurizio Pochettino and Mourinho and AVB, for learning a, a good standard of English. It makes such a difference mm. to hear your manager converse in their native tongue it does make a massive even they, if it's Australian even if it's Australian <laughs> but they can Andy they can't you know it, I just think you I you get this, I used to feel for Poch because hmm. he's clearly an intelligent man and he just I, I just felt that his level of English was good but not good enough for him to be able to say what he really wanted yeah, to that's say true. Uh, they, all that nuance goes doesn't it it's, it must be difficult so hmm. I've just enjoyed listening to uh to Postecoglou. Yeah, I think he talks a good game, so it's... it's uh, Let's hope he can uh, walk the walk. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul's been Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sports. And joining us now, talk about racing and football is a friend of the show, Palace fan, Racing Post, very own Bruce Millington. Good afternoon, Bruce. Hello, gentlemen. Or is it Bruce Millington, manager of uh, Halifax Town? <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this yet, Bruce. This is uh, from the Vanarama's uh, Twitter feed. They were uh, looking at the uh, Halifax game and apparently the manager said they were going to play very well at Boundary Park against Oldham. And it says, safe to say, Bruce, Bruce Millington called it and I thought, wow, OK, well, maybe Bruce had a bet on them to win. <laughs> and then they put it right afterwards. They said, sorry, safe to say Chris Millington called it. <laughs> so uh, the real, so it, it would appear that someone at the Vanarama is a fan of yours. Well, this is getting very confusing because yesterday I had a phone call from Chelmsford Racecourse saying, um, those tickets you've asked for for tonight's meeting, do you still want them? And I said, well, I haven't asked for them. So... There's been an imposter trying to blag their way into race courses, pretending to be me. So it's all getting very weird. Maybe it's Chris Millington. He wants to celebrate by going to Chelmsford races after beating Oldham last night. Anyway, on, on to uh, racing, Madams. There's a piece that Andy spotted, uh, old MC Yeehaw, Matt Chapman, was talking about saunas at the race uh, courses. Now they've all been removed, apparently after a poll by all the jockeys who said they were very much on side with it. But apparently the, the poll was a bit more nuanced. It wasn't a straight yes-no question. And now a few of the jockeys are saying, well, hang on, that's not quite what we said. I mean, on the face of it, if uh, the, the kind of casual listener who doesn't know racing saying, well, is it a good idea that jockeys can kind of sweat off weight while they're at a race course, does that sound like a good idea anyway? Maybe you can explain it to us, Bruce. Sure, yeah. And when you when you, you teed this up by saying saunas at race courses, this is strictly for jockeys, not race goers. Oh, it's no, quite no, an no. interesting <laughs> facility. But, um, 
Basically, I mean, since they were invented, basically, uh, jockeys have used saunas at racecourses just to sweat off the, the, the extra pounds they need to make the precise weight that they need to ride at. Um, it was considered, well, during COVID, they were banned. And it was considered at that time that it wasn't really the best thing to do. It's not the healthiest thing for jockeys to go out and take part in athletic activity, having just come straight out of a sauna. And so there was there was basically a consultation with the Jockeys Association to look into whether or not they should remove saunas. Um, and, that, and, and the BHA who run British Racing were very keen to work with the Professional Jockeys Association to make sure that if they were removed, that the jockeys couldn't suddenly turn around and say, well, hang on a sec, you didn't ask us. So a, a very detailed uh, survey went out as that piece that you referred to touches upon i think what's happened here is and it's also happened with the whip because recently the number of strokes of the whip a jockey can use during races has been reduced i think <clears throat> the jockeys when asked in the cold light of day um some way down the line could you live without saunas if certain conditions are attached or could you get by with fewer strokes of the whip they kind of, well, yeah, I, I suppose so. But then when it comes to it in practical terms and they actually realise these things are, are, are going to happen, that, that, you know, there's a slightly different reaction. And, and I think that's partly what's happened here. Without getting too political as well, there's been a change of leadership at the Professional Jockeys Association and they, they're probably a slightly tougher, more robust organisation now. So where we're at is that the sauna's been taken away. And jockeys now are using different ways of, of, of shedding weight. Jockeys have to shed weight, unfortunately. It's a reality of the job that you cannot, there aren't enough people who are light enough and willing enough to ride racehorses at very light weights. So jockeys have to lose weight. And what's been happening is that they've been, rather than going to the, the, the um, weighing room and getting in the sauna and losing the weight they need to, they're doing stuff like, putting sweatsuits on and anoraks and scarves and woolly hats, banging the heating right up in the car and driving four hours to the race course to lose weight, which is obviously utterly ridiculous and far, far more dangerous than anything else that could happen because, you know, sooner or later, someone's going to veer off the road and cause an accident and that would be an absolute catastrophe. So they've got to try and work out how they can get jockeys to, to lose the weight. And there is a big standoff. The trouble is all the saunas have been removed. It's going to put, take a lot of cost and time to reinstate them. But I'm, I have every sympathy with the jockeys here. You know, they're the only humans who actually compete in horse racing and we've got to look after them. We've got to make sure they're healthy and we've got to make sure that they're not just physical, but mental state is okay. It's very stressful driving to a race course knowing that if you if you ride a horse at a pound or two over the allotted weight and you get beaten a short head, you're going to get the most almighty dressing down from the trainer and the owner and you might lose the ride. So there's a lot at stake for the jockeys. We must, must look after them. And I would have thought, and I'm no expert on that, thankfully I have a job where you not only do you not need to lose weight, but it almost acts looking around at my colleague as if it's mandatory to have gain weight. But, you know, I would have thought we need to be doing more to look after them. And if, if that involves having a sauna at the race course so they can just nick a couple of pounds here and there without sweating in the car or without without doing your, your weight loss in the morning and then driving to races when you're dehydrated, tired, hungry, etc. Mm. I think they need to look again at it.
Yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of the listeners probably wouldn't understand that sort of thing goes on. So uh, thanks for explaining that. On the football front, your team, Palace, looked like he could lose Michael Elise to Andy's lot. I mean, on the top of Wilf, how, how do you feel about that, Bruce? Well, I, th- I think it, I went into the summer pretty much resigned to losing Wilf. And I thought if we lose Wilf and one other of our marquee players, it's not a disastrous window. You know, this this window for Palace was all really going to be about who we don't lose rather than who we sign because we've got a really, really strong spine. Um, we do need strengthening in certain areas. But I think if we lose Elise and Wilf, we've bought this kid, Franca, who all the judges in South America tell me is absolutely wonderful. Um, you hope you can scramble up a half-decent right-winger. I, I, I would settle for that. There's talk that Decoure might mm. now be the latest central midfielder for Liverpool to look at. I think... To be honest, the difference between Elise going and Ducure going is that Palace didn't really have much choice with Elise because of the release clause that's in there. I think if they started losing anybody else, and that also goes for Mark Gay and Anderson as well, and obviously Eze, um, I, th- I think they, they, you know, if they start losing three of those big name players, then it, it, it goes from a slightly worrying summer to an absolute catastrophe. But, you know, <clears throat> the one thing I would say about Elise going to Chelsea, very rare Chelsea makes some fairly good buys but they're, they're they're very much kind of from the top end they're luxury purchases this is a rare one Andy which is a very good value Chelsea uh, buy you will never spend 35 million more wisely than than on this kid he is mustard you know being no doubt I mean I think he's making a name for himself isn't it? I think you know he's had two years in the Premier League and everyone's seen what he's capable of. But if you watch him week in, week out, he's very, very special. He's got the absolute lot. There is not a weakness in his game. Um, and I, I think he'd be a fantastic addition for Chelsea. He'll be a huge loss for Palace. But, you know, the reality is that we are Palace and we're not one of the big six clubs. And, you know, if, if Chelsea come calling, you're going to go. So, you know, a terrific buy for Chelsea at a really great price as well. And we have to remember as Palace fans, everyone's saying, oh, well, we're letting him go for 35. The reason we got him for 8 million from Reading was the clause. Mm. So once that's in there, you have to you have to accept that this is going to happen. And, and now it's all about getting someone in really good, really quickly, because the squad has, the team has a fantastic spine, guys. Um, goalie, excellent. Centre-backs, Decore, terrific. Lerma's come in and he's really good. Eze's obviously very, very special. So there's a really strong foundation in the side. The bits are a little bit wider and possibly up front aren't as strong. But as things stand after the win on Saturday, when we continued to, with the progress we made last year when Roy took over again, I'd, I'd be reasonably confident we'd be all right. The only yeah. thing against that is that there's probably going to be one place there that will be fairly hotly contested for relegation. So, you know, I'm certainly not relaxing. No, no, uh, Palace, well, look, Palace good, will be fine. Thank Lewis you, Bruce. Hall could go in the other direction. He's yeah. got a lot of promise too. That's true. Well, look, good really luck. want him. Yeah, he really want him. For you. Good luck for the rest of the season at Halifax. Enjoy Chelmsford tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we'll catch up with you soon, Bruce. Thanks very much. Lovely. Thank you, gents. All the best. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time now for the return of Paddy's Challenge, our quiz for charity in association with our friends and official betting partner, Paddy Power. 
In Paddy's Challenge, we put our sporting knowledge to the test with the chance of raising lots of cash for our nominated charities. I'm paying for the Sporting Memories Network and he's raising funds for the Willow Foundation. Uh, last season, we raised just under £500 for our charities with Team Jacobs coming top of the table. Well done, Andy. Oh, that's Congratulations. Game. Helping to manage proceedings and ensure fair play again this season is our guest referee, Mr Ben Fletcher. Welcome back, Fletch. Good afternoon. Where was I? Yes. <laughs> we had no bad Bridge news. Bridge burning, I expect. Bridge burning somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Before um, you were And yet you've risen. It's well, sort of, somehow. And I know, it's incredible. Who'd have believed it? Who'd have, well, it's not impossible to believe, Randy. You can fail upwards, but there we go. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Paddy's Challenge. Start as you meet you, exactly. You will each be asked three multiple-choice questions posed by the voice of Paddy Power, Alistair McGowan. The winner will be the player that scores the most points in the event of a tie. You'll both win the chance to raise some cash for your charities. It is a brand-new season, so let's see if we can continue to raise charity cash in this week's, the first of the new season, Paddy's Challenge. Uh, the virtual coin toss is still thing they've not cut that yeah. uh, and I can confirm that Paul is going first okay. on this occasion so if our highly paid head of tech ops is ready let's go two time Champions League winner Daniel Sturridge made his debut as a pundit on Sky Sports last weekend and gave a rendition of Nice and Slow by which R&B artist as his initiation challenge A. Drake B. Usher or C. Stormzy uh, wasn't it Usher one point to Paul. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm glad you got that one. Yeah. <laughs> Roy, do you want to hear Roy Keane's verdict? That was very nice, he said, after looking away awkwardly. I liked it. Do you see that Roy Keane brings a packed lunch to the studio? Mm. Obviously, really? Sky lay on food for the guys, so they would have been sitting there watching Tottenham or Brentford Tottenham yeah. eating a, a succulent Chinese meal. Mm. And uh, But Roy brings his own sandwich. So I just like Not the, prawn. No, Roy. No, they, well, they did point that <laughs> no, out. Of course. But the idea that uh, I think uh, Roy Keane's packed lunch, if Steph's ever off, he could take over. <laughs> It'd be a very different sort of show. It would wouldn't, be a very different. Wouldn't be quite as show. fluffy, would it? No, Roy no, on definitely there. Definitely not. Quite anyway, sorry, Fletch. One nil to me. One or two might, or more might watch it though. Yeah. Uh, Andy, question one. Gosh. <laughs> Anthony Joshua scored a brutal one-punch knockout to win his bout against Robert Hellenius in the seventh round last weekend. It was AJ's first knockout since he stopped Kubrat Pulev in which year? A. 2020. B. 2021. Or C. 2018. Mm, I'm going to go 21. I think it's 20. Oh dear, oh dear. Oh dear. It was 2020. Huge victory, but a bit boring for the first seven or so rounds, though. Sets up a potential clash with Deontay Wilder, likely to take place early next year. So, advantage to you, Paul. Mm. Uh, here's question two. Harry Kane may need to work on his German language skills after leaving fans in stitches when he failed to be of much use, protesting against a handball decision which led to a penalty in Bayern Munich's Super Cup clash with RB Leipzig. Which of Kane's Bayern teammates handled the ball? A. Joshua Kimmich B. Mattis Tels or C. Nusair Mazraoui <laughs> Good luck. Good Do you know Christ. that one? Of course I, I was just looking at Kane. I was on Kane watch. I wasn't caring about <laughs> yeah. anything else. I don't know. I'll just go, Ki I'll go Kimmick. Oof. Oof. Incorrect. It was C. Uh, bro looks lost, one fan said on X, formerly known as Twitter. To be fair to Kane, he did admit that he only knows one word in German. Mm. I wonder mm. what that is. I think uh, it's Bavarian for hello and goodbye. Or is <laughs> it, it can... thank you? But that's all he knows so far. It could well be, couldn't it? Uh, I'm actually a quarter German. Are you really? My, my late grandmother was from Germany, yeah. Okay. She was a war bride coming over to Scotland, but that is a story for another day. Uh, Andy, you're right back in this. Uh, here is question two. All this personal information yeah. coming in. The well, the word Fletcher does uh, the maker of arrows, but it also der derives from Fleischer, which is the German for butcher. 
Oh. Your next update's in an hour. Uh, Andy, question two. Here we go. <laughs> Magpies fans were ecstatic after their new £52 million signing, Sandro Tonali, had a dream debut, scoring in the sixth minute against Aston Villa last weekend. How many games in all competitions did the Italian international play for his former club, AC Milan? A. 130 B. 99 or C. 55 I really should refuse to answer that question on the grounds it's absolutely stupid. Who's going to know that? Unless you're Inter Milan or AC Milan completely. Alan Opta. I don't know. Italian Opta. What were the numbers? 130, 99 or 55? 99. Oh dear, oh dear. dear. It was 130. Newcastle went on to win 5-1 with goals from Isak, Barnes and Wilson. Put them top of the table. Well, it might be one for the pub quiz. You never know. For those people that still (laughs) do those things. It would be a really bad pub quiz if that question comes (laughs) up. Oh, I don't know. We all went to a few of those over lockdown. That that table full of of 70-year-old ladies who are all sitting there. They're not going to get that one right, are they? Tonali's games. Absolutely not. Anyway. They'll still argue the toss over the rules, though. Bet your bottom dollar. Uh, So, Paul, you have an opportunity to win. I think the best you can do is at least draw, but Here's an opportunity to win the cash. Here is question three. Hmm. Football fans have been left baffled in what has been called one of the most random transfers ever after former West Ham legend Dimitri Payet completed his move from Marseille to which Brazilian side? A. Fluminense B. Vasco da Gama or C. Palmeiras. Well, that's quite timely. We've just been talking about it about five minutes ago with Tim Vickery. Vasco da Gama. Right, Game, set and match. Paul. <laughs> Absolutely right. In his Had first... you forgotten? No. <laughs> in, uh, that would be something. In his first season with the Hammers, Pyatt racked up 12 goals and 15 assists in 38 appearances, including one of the all-time great free kicks against Crystal Palace. Uh, Andy, we believe yeah. in forced fun on this yes, radio station. How many games did he play for his first club? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's your third and final question three to see if... Uh, third and final question three. There's one for Clips of the Week. Yeah. Uh, to see if you can get some credibility back. Here we go. <laughs> Jockey Jai McNeil had a dangerous close encounter with an angry creature whilst walking Australia's Bendigo track. What was he attacked by? A. A sleepy snake. B. A belligerent kangaroo. Or C. An angry bird. Mm, I'm going kangaroo for the obvious. Oof! It was in fact an angry bird. Uh, A plover. I assume I've pronounced that correctly, swooped from above and appeared to try to take a bite out of him. McNeil dove for cover before sprinting back to the safety of the parade ring. The birds did come after him twice more, but he eventually escaped unharmed. Birds coming after him. I backed Sleepy Snake in the 2.30, so I'm laughing. (laughs) There we go. Live commentary of that on TalkSport 3. So, (laughs) congratulations to you, Paul. You are today's winner. You've won a free £10 bet that Paddy Power will place for you to try and win some cash for your charity. What are you going to go for, and why isn't it talking relegation? Well, I'm going to go for a goal uh, in the game tonight between City and Sevilla, and I'm going to go for our old mate Phil Foden to to net one this evening. We'll see how you get on and reveal the winner and season totals next week. Good luck. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We will reconvene myself and Charlie tomorrow. Do it all again. You will be back for the birthday spread. It's going to be an exciting game this week. It's a very, volatile very game. Very volatile. Okay, so uh, do hope you can join us for that. Indeed, for the whole show. So uh, for now, thanks very much for listening. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.